Welcome to Transformation Church Podcast. We are so excited that you tuned in to our Planted Not Buried series. Today's message will help you see that God is with us even when it doesn't seem like it. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. I am so excited that you are here this morning. I believe that God has an amazing word just for you. I don't know how you got here, but because you're here, I know God's going to meet you here. And I want to say welcome to all of the people who are a part of Transformation Nation watching from Kenya and China. And I mean, people are watching from all over the world and we want to say hello. Thank you for sewing and thank you for being a part. Can we say hi to Transformation Nation? We love you guys. Well, we are in week two of a series that we are calling Planted, Not Buried. And um, from the comments, from what I've heard, from, from how you guys are responding, um, I, I think God has us in a vein to let us know um, something that all of us need to really realize in whatever season of life that we're in, that under does not mean over. Like, like, like there's too many of us that we get under pressure or under attack. We get undervalued and, and we think that that's the place where God's saying it's time to quit. It's time to die. But we learned last week that the place of burial is the same place that God many times wants to cultivate and create what he has on the inside of you. And, and so today we're going to take this thing a step further. Um, because this series, Planted Not Buried, that's a cool title and we could shout and be a man with it. But the subtitle is what to do when you're under. And, and, and I really feel like from a lot of the conversations, this is how this series really came to life in me. Is a lot of the conversation I've been having, people don't know what to do when they're under. When, when they're under attack and valued and all those things that I just said. And I want to teach you that. I want to teach you how to take what God has given you in a dark season, in an isolated season, in a season that feels frustrating or stagnant. And, and, and what do I do? I can't control what everybody else does. I cannot control what government does. I cannot control, but I can control my response and I can control what God does in me. Somebody say what God does in me. See, what God does in you is the thing that he's really trying to get in you and out of you, period. And so many times the enemy comes to distract us and get us focused on things that don't even really matter. But today, anybody who is under, I believe that your faith is going to be sparked, that God is coming in to give you another level of hope for what he's called you to. So, so as I begin to study this, I want us to go to the scripture because this comes out of Psalms chapter one. And we started last week with verse number three. And I want to, and I want to read it because this was a beautiful metaphor that David gave of what a mature life with Christ is supposed to look like. It says, and they are like trees. Everybody say planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit in each season, their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. That is a good way to live, that everything you're doing is prospering and God's blessing and all of these different things. But the reality of this statement is that this is the end result, not the beginning start. And, 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 and many of us read scriptures like, that's what God wants for me tomorrow, or that's what's going to happen tomorrow. And what you got to realize is there is seed, time, and then harvest. 
And I don't know where you're at in your relationships. I don't know where you're at in your family. I don't know where you're at in your business, but you got to be able to identify, am I in seed time? Am I in the time time (laughs) or I'm in harvest time? You got to understand that because then your response and your preparation is different. When it's time to just be planted, a seed is not trying to be busy, not trying to date everybody, not trying. Oh, oh, a seed is not trying to do everything. A seed knows that the best thing I can do right now is just stay planted. Do you understand? And, 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 and then that time phase, it's about how I wait. And many people wait really bad, but it's not like waiting like, oh God, I'm just going to do it. But it's about how I wait at your service. God, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to serve? How do you want me to give? Like that's what you do in the time. And then harvest is really the hard part. Because a lot of people talk about it's harvest time. It's harvest time. But have you ever met a farmer yelling it's harvest time? The only people yelling it's harvest time is people who've never gotten dirty. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Because you have to get down and do dirty work to see what God is going. All I'm saying to you is this is a season where you need to know where you are and why you are there. And if we are going to be planted and not buried, and I speak that over you today. I speak that over you. You are not buried. I need to encourage somebody real quick because somebody walked into this place and you thought it was over and you were on your last leg and you just barely made rent payment and all this. You're not buried. You're planted. God is using all of the circumstances that look dirty and even are stinky around you to be able to make something that's going to produce for your life. Somebody shout at me. I'm planted, not buried. I am hype already. Okay, here we go. All I want you to understand is that as we read this scripture, everybody wants verse three. Everybody wants verse three, but I, I would be a bad leader and a bad shepherd if I didn't talk to you about verse one and two. See, because what ends up happening many times is in church, we just get people hyped on the results but we never talk about the process. And when you talk about seed time and harvest and us becoming a tree, you've never seen a tree become a hundred foot tall and and span in a year. Never have happened. It's because there's a process. And so I want us to go and I want us to read um, verse one of Psalms. Like this is how David starts off the whole, um, the whole thing because the title of my message and, and the question that, that I'm going to be asking around is, is, is this little phrase right here, um, prepared to plant, prepared to plant because many of us want to be planted, but the question is, have we prepared to be planted? And in verse one and two, we're going to find out some of the prerequisites to being planted. Have you ever like showed up for something and you weren't prepared? I have somebody said all the time. (laughs) I've done it a few times where I've showed up for something and I wasn't prepared. There's been a couple of things that I thought I was prepared for that the situation described to me and showed me very quickly. I wasn't prepared for them. Let me give you one example. Marriage. I wasn't prepared. See, because they tell you um, about the lovey-dovey stuff and they tell you that you get to have sex all the time and they tell you all of these other, but they don't tell you that you never get to finish your food. 
Oh, okay. I, I got an amen back there in the back. They did not tell you that there will be times that you have to sacrifice and put what you want on the altar and literally do what you do not want to do for the other person. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> and, and let me tell you something else I wasn't prepared for. Kids. <laughs> um, because everything that, that your wife can't teach you <laughs> or your spouse can't teach you, your kids will. And, and, and I'm telling you, I wasn't prepared to be in a nice outfit and, and my child projectile poop on me and, and, and I have to be late and not blame them. You understand what I'm saying? I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. It's because many times people don't talk about the preparation. They show you the family photo. They, show, they celebrate 90 years of marriage. They, they celebrate whatever, but the preparation is not talked about. And so today, as we got the whole world chanting, I'm planted, not buried, it would be wrong of me to not tell you where you need to be to be prepared to be planted. So we're going to read Psalms chapter 1, verse 3, and we're going to read it out of the Amplified Bible because it just amplifies it, okay? Look at this. It says, blessed fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who. Now, let's stop right there. Because at this phrase, I thought they were going to tell me something that I needed to do. Like, blessed is the man who loves his wife. Blessed is the man who gives tithe. Blessed is the man who, I thought it was going to be something. But David goes on to say, blessed is the man who doesn't do something. And I begin to look at this because Many times the struggle of our human nature is not the doing of something, it's the not doing of something. It's, it's, it's having the ability to have self-control and deny our flesh and do what is not easy. And, and, and God is saying to us right now, he said, I'm about to give you the prerequisites to being planted. I'm about to prepare you to be planted. And it's not about what you do, because that's a lot of times works. That, that's like what I can do and how many times. But it's what you don't do that prepares you for being planted. Oh, this is about to be good. It says, blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following their advice and example. My first point or my first question to you is how are you walking? Like, 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 like I have a daughter who's 11 months old. Her name is Ava and, and she's trying to start walking right now. And it's the cutest thing in the world because she doesn't know how to walk. She's still discovering her limbs, but she's trying to walk so hard because she is getting counseled or, or she's following the example and the pattern of her brother and sister. She is with two people who are walking all the time. And so because she is walking with people or around people who are, are showing her a way, she is more apt to try to do what they are doing. She hates being left behind. She hates being in her walker and everybody take off running and she got across. She hates it at 11 months old. Why? It's because um, how you walk is, is very strongly based on who you're around. Yeah, yeah. And, and I need everybody to see this very clearly. Like the first thing that you have to do, because verse three tells us that they are like trees planted. Like, like that's what we all want. We want to be planted trees. But how it starts is blessed are those who do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. 
And so my first question, just for you to ask yourself, this is not me judging you. This, I want you to plant. I want you to be the tree. I want you to be everything God has shown you, but I need to make sure you're prepared to be planted. And the first question that David puts out there, inspired by God, is how, how are you walking? Like, 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 and when you see that, how you're walking, then it changes your perspective of what you're doing and why you're doing it. I want you to, to see and, 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 and understand that your walk determines so much in your life. When David starts this off and says, blessed are those who do not walk, that means you have to take inventory on everybody who is around you. And I know this is a thing that nobody likes to do because everybody's looking for likes and everybody's looking for their phone to be blowing up and everybody's looking for community that just, j just makes them feel good. But I I'm telling you today, today's message is not to applaud your attendance to church. I'm trying to help your ascent into maturity. What you're going to have to do is ask yourself, how am I really walking? And you can't lie to you. Don't lie to yourself in this. Just because you post a scripture or just because you've been in church for 50 years does not mean that you are maturing and becoming who God has called you to be. And I need you to ask yourself for real this question because God sees what you do in midnight. God sees the thread. God sees what you're doing. And all I'm asking you is be real with you. How are you walking? Are you prideful? When, when you come off with false humility and people are like, man, he's just so quiet and you're prideful, you know the thoughts that you're thinking in your head. Are, are, are you one of those who are looking for people's faults all the time? And God says, listen, your walk is so important, but what may be more important than your walk or the thing that primarily influences your walk is who's counseling you. And my question to you is who's counseling you? Is it the news? See, see, and you're like counseling, like, 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 like sitting on a couch, like getting counseled. Uh, maybe, but I'm talking about who are you following the example of? Like, like, like who, who are you patterning yourself after? Are you, are you following the example or, or being affected by the news? Because many times when you, when you're counseled by the news, when you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is get the news from, from a, a wicked source. And when I say that, I'm not talking about everybody in news is wicked, but we know that the devil is a prince of the air, airwaves, anything that is being pumped into you, it has a negative bend and, and, and wicked just means morally corrupt or evil. And, and why is it that we have so many good things going on, but they report 70% of negative news like like and I'm just using this as an example because if that is who you are getting counseled by no wonder you walk in fear oh okay they're like like no wonder you walk in exact anxiety because it says blessed are those who do not walk in the way in the counsel of the wicked do y'all hear what I'm saying are you being are you being counseled by popular culture is that where you're getting all of your perceptions from and the thing you have to realize, I'm not coming against anything because everybody doesn't want to reach purpose. Everybody doesn't want to be the tree. Some people will settle for being a bush. Like, like, and, 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 and if, if that's what you want, cool. Like, I'm not telling you, but if you want to be a verse three believer, the one who's planted and it's like a tree that is bearing fruit in every seed, if that's who you want to be, you got to check your walk. 
And the only way you check your walk is who's walking with you, who's counseling you. Is popular culture and Instagram, are they telling you where your value system should come from? Are they telling you, is, is love and hip hop giving you a playbook on relationship? Please say it's not. I'm just, I'm just, all I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is, is, is Fox or CNN, are, are they giving you the view of how you view other races? Because if you allow wicked or evil or perverted counsel to speak into your life, it will change how you walk. So if you want to be prepared to be planted, the first question is, how are you walking? And I know this is, this is, this is something that I had to really, really go and be real with myself. I told somebody the other day, honesty is weak because honesty is only telling the truth when somebody asks you. And there's tons of questions that nobody ever asked me, so I never told the truth. Ah, come on, y'all. Like, like, come on. If, if somebody asked you, then you would tell them, but nobody ever checked on me. Nobody ever said, but transparency, that's for them true G's. Transparency is the thing that, like, it's that, net. remember we're talking about becoming a mature tree. We're talking about becoming a mature believer. Like, like, it's the next level of this walk. And all I'm saying to you, if you want to go to that next level, if you want to make sure you're prepared to be planted, you're going to have to come to a level of transparency. And that's what I had to do in my own life. I had to, I had to come clean like, yo, Mike, you're dealing with crap that don't even nobody know. You're jealous of people that don't even know you exist. You're, you're standing and, 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 and judging others based on what you have in your life that you kept secret. And when I evaluated, waited how I was walking, it made me look at who I was walking with, who was speaking into my life who I allowed to counsel me. And when I started to shut out every other noise and every other counselor, I found Jesus. And when you start connecting your first counselor, your, your first, what do you think about this? To the word of God. How, how do I deal with relationships? I need to go to my counselor, Jesus. Like, 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 am I supposed to make this business decision? I need to talk to my counselor. Gee, when I, when I go to the counselor, my walk started changing. I used to steal because it was easy. Nothing changed in the ability for me to be able to do it. But when I started walking with God, I just looked up. And I was like, I don't want to do it. My walk has changed because of my association. What I'm telling you is if you want to be ready to be planted, you got to check how you're walking and you got to check who's counseling you. And just in case Dr. Phil or Ianla are not available, Isaiah sent a recommendation and, and he said that I got a counselor for you in Isaiah 9 verse 6. He said, for a child is born to us. Who? Us. A son is given to who? Us. The government will rest on his shoulders. He's a boss and he will be called, look at the first name, wonderful counselor. And then it said, but he's better than that. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father and he is the prince of peace. Do you know what's funny about this passage is it ends with peace, but it starts with who's counseling you. 
Could, could I suggest to you that your peace may be attached to who's counseling you? Uh-oh, uh-oh. So if you're getting counsel from friends who all they do is gossip and talk about people, you may not have the peace that God has for you because he's not the center of your counsel. All I want us to do is check and see if maybe the reason we haven't been planted how we want to be is because we haven't checked the way we walked. And we haven't checked who's counseling us. Let me give you a couple because I just want to prepare you. These are questions for your own time of reflection and your own time with the Lord, okay? Uh, My second thing is, where are you standing? Where are you standing? Because when I read Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man or the woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Okay, we got that. Um, He's not following their advice and their example. Nor... Stand in the path of sinners. Now, this one threw me off for a second because I was like, the path of sinners, like stand in the path of sinners. How do you stand in the path of sinners? So when I'm confused and when I'm doing Bible study, I start looking up definitions of word. I go back and take it to to like the Greek and all this other stuff. Y'all, this is crazy what I found out. Look what path means. A path is a way or a track laid down for walking or made by continual treading. It's a pattern. So, so, so what God is saying is he doesn't want you to stand in the way or the path of sinners. When I begin to think about this in my own life, God said a path is made by a pattern. You only make a path if there is a continual pattern of the same thing. If it's been walking the way you've been walking, uh oh, hold on, remember the first step. We have to check how we've been walking. So, if we've been walking in a certain way and we continue to walk in that certain way, and it's been three years and it's been five years and it's been six years, what happens is a path is created. The question is, is it a path of a sinner? See, for me, the path was created by my patterns of lying. And I was standing in the path of a sinner. And guess who made the path? Me. Because I never thought the little white lies were that bad. I never thought looking at the image was that bad. I never thought just taking a little bit at a time was that. But what I was doing was I was creating a path of a sinner because of my pattern that I did over and over and over and over and over. And some of you are sitting here right now and your pattern is so normal to you that you don't even know you're on the wrong path. You, 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 you've been holding unforgiveness so long, you think that's your right. Like you think that you're winning, but it said since you were young, you've been creating the path of a sinner. And if you're going to be prepared to be planted, the second thing it says is don't stand in the path or the pattern of a sinner. (sighs) This checked me all up and down because I, I had to come to grips with many of my own difficulties were created by small decisions that I made continually. Like, like, and, and when my path is created by my pattern, it always 
affects me being planted. That's why so many people start off real good at the beginning of the year in church. And then by, by <laughs> the next week, <laughs> they, they, they fall off. It's because they've been in a path or a pattern so long that even when I want to get planted, I go back to what is normal. I go back to what is comfort. But you know what we said last week? That comfort and growth do not go together. All I want to do is challenge you today is maybe there's an area in your life that you have discounted as just a little thing that is, is not really that big that God will forgive me for. But maybe it's bigger because it's keeping you from getting planted because you've started a pattern and now you have stood in the path of a sinner. For me, it was lying. But maybe for you, the pattern has been being promiscuous. You go from relationship to relationship and I mean, it's not that bad and all this other stuff. And what you're doing is creating a path that you stand in of a sinner. And I know this is, I know this is direct. I know this is straight. But my prayer as a pastor is that I wouldn't just give you the, the, the little milk that would that help you feel good today. I want you to become the tree. I want you to be able to bear fruit in every season. And some of us cannot stay planted because of our patterns. Please, if you want to be planted, it's time to ask, where am I standing? Am I standing in a path that keeps me in the same pattern and my patterns affecting me being planted? Let's keep moving. Because I know right now, it start, the word is starting to go down. You ever had medicine that has a tingling effect? <laughs> like, like I know, like the word is starting to go down and starting to affect, affect something on the inside. Because this is what it was doing to me as I was preparing. It was making me, I wasn't shouting none when I was preparing. Because usually when I'm preparing, I'm, I'm in the mode of the message. And I'm like, woo, that's going to be good. This whole time I was typing, I was like, oh, oh, I, Lord. And what I asked God to do is check my patterns. Laziness is a pattern like, and, and, and it will produce um, a, a lot of things that will keep us from doing what God's called us to do. Can I just tell you this is a little off the subject, but, but I, I want somebody in here needs to hear this laziness. Somebody's like, well, laziness is not a sin. Uh, I, I, we could debate that, but let me just help you. Like, like when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, when you're, when, you're, when you're moving your responsibilities and the things that you should be doing, things you even really want to do, to another time, another date, all of those different things, what ends up happening is you begin to make excuses for the things that could happen or could not happen. The thing about excuses is they bleed over into every area of your life. So when you're making excuses about things that could happen or couldn't happen, if you would or if you wouldn't, you start making excuses about things that you should do too. And when you make excuses about things you should do, then you leave yourself open to be idle, to be able to be affected by things that you wouldn't even be even knowing about if you were doing what you were supposed to be doing. Can I break it down? Oh, girl only comes around when you're not doing what you were supposed to be doing. Like, like, like that opportunity only presented itself because you wasn't where you were supposed to be doing. Like, and, and what I'm saying to you is that those are the distract those are, remember I'm talking about it's the patterns some of us have had those patterns since middle school 
cheating off of everybody's test. I'm guilty. Patterns. Like, like of, of just putting off. And what it does is it makes it hard for us to get planted. I'm telling you, because through the rest of this series, you're going to figure out what to do when you're under. We're not just going to stay here, but a lot of people who were yelling, I'm planted last week aren't because they haven't done the prerequisites of being planted. They haven't evaluated how they're walking. They haven't taken a survey of who's counseling them. They have not looked and seen, you know what? I'm walking in the path of a sinner. And the last thing, look what it says. It says they don't stand in the path of a sinner, nor do they sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers or ridiculers. My third question for you is, when are you sitting? And I know I could have said, where are you sitting or something else? But, but the question is, when are you sitting in the seat of the judge? When are you sitting in the seat of the mocker? When are you sitting in the seat of the hater? When are you sitting in the seat of the critic? Because all of us have done it. What they're saying is like, blessed is the person who does not sit here on your, on your prideful thought process and judge other people's process. And this disqualified me for a long time from being planted. If I can be honest with you, I would evaluate what other people were doing and somehow make myself feel better about the insecurities that I was feeling by watching and pointing out all the flaws of somebody else. And God said, your critical spirit, your judgmental spirit, your scoffing spirit is keeping you from getting planted and getting deep roots. And I know ain't nobody going to amen right now, but, but they'll, they'll be a hundred. It's one of the funniest things. Like I'm watching uh, the, the message on YouTube and, and you see like oh, 10,000 people like the message. And then you see 50 people who have the thumbs down. And I'm like, who are those 50 people? Who are you? Why do you give me thumbs down? Like, and, and, I'm, and I'm just thinking, but there's certain areas in our life that we're giving people thumbs down and we really don't even have a reason. Like, 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 like when we give them the thumbs down, like, why are you wearing that? And oh, you started a new job and she ain't never going to make it. And you remember her lasting and we're sitting in the seat of the judge. We're sitting in the seat. I mean, I know people who go on dates just to people watch, AKA be critical of people. And when we do that, God's saying, will you mature? Like, I have this dream for you to be planted. I have this dream for you to be so strong and big, but you keep planting yourself around weeds. And your destiny is squeezed out in infant stage because you won't evaluate how you walk and you won't evaluate how you're getting counsel and you won't evaluate where you're standing and where you're sitting. Church. It's time for us to mature because God painted a picture of us being planted, a tall oak with everything we're doing, working and being blessed and being blessed to be a blessing and changing a city and raising a people and transforming. I mean, that's what God sees for you. But he said, there's three little prerequisites I need you to deal with. Watch how you walk it. Stop making a path or a pattern of sin. And please stop judging other people. Because if you could do, I can work with all the rest. I'm not trying to make you perfect, but those things are weeds that squeeze out the seed, the 
that I want to plant in your life. Somebody say, I am planted and not buried, but I'm prepared to plant. That's really what I need you to be prepared to do. I need you to be prepared to plant. And this is going to take you having some reflective time. You're going to have to go home and sit with this. Don't ask your friend right now. Am, am, I, am I one of those friends? Yes, you are. If you have to ask them, are you one of those friends? You probably are. All I'm saying to you is maybe this is an evaluation time because I believe as we get planted this week, I believe as God does this work on the inside of us, I believe that people are about to start sprouting, that God's going to have roots that go deep, but then it's going to be something that people see, that all men will be able to eat the fruit. And this is the beautiful thing about when you get fruit, there are more seeds inside of the fruit that you are producing. Could it be that the reason God is bringing this word at this time for you is because there's a forest inside of you and you don't even need anybody else to bring the forest. All you need is a seed time forest. It's harvest, but forest, you got the analogy. And so there's some people in here that are like, okay, pastor Mike, like, how do I not judge people? Because I feel like that's a normal, that's, that's what I grew up with. That's how I've been. That's how, let's go to Matthew chapter seven, verse one. It says, don't judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. Another translation says the standard that you use in judging is the standard by which you will be all I'm telling you is everything you put out to other people, it comes back. When I read this scripture and still and really understood it, I, I, I had to I had to rein in all my thoughts. I, I had to ah ah no 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 y'all come back yeah that is funny but I ain't even say, I ain't gonna say nothing I ain't even looking because I realized that I might as well be judging myself. Because that's what's going to happen. Look what it says. It says, verse 3, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? Big two by four. How can you think of saying to your friend, girl, come here. Let me help you with them issues you have in your relationship, the speck in their eye, when you can't see that, that you have a log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. See, this is the beautiful thing. God wants you to help your friend. God wants you to help others with their issue. But it's very hard to see it clearly when you don't deal with yours. What happens if a, a, a surgeon goes into surgery with tinted glasses on? Please don't work on me. Because you can't see clearly what you are doing. That's the same thing. Like, like, and, and for all of us, judging has to be something that we give back to God because it keeps us from being planted properly. Okay. So after all of that, it, it goes through those things in verse one, look at Psalms chapter one, verse two. Then it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, his precepts and teaching, he habitually meditates day and night. God's trying to create a new habit a new pattern. Verse three, and they and he will be planted like a tree, firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. And he, in whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. So verse three is the promise. 
is the outcome. Verse one is the preparation. So I don't want us to leave here and be confused. Why am I not a tree planted? Because you haven't prepared for your seed to go deep. Okay? So Pastor Mike, what do I do? Because if I'm honest, I came to this service and there's some issues in my life that I'm dealing with right now. Oh, I've been saved all my life, but Pastor, I see something differently. I'm encouraged that this is a place of hope and not a place of condemnation. We have to expose the issue and expose the problem, but then we can be able to heal from it. And so the Bible is full of things that I call ifs and thens. So like it'll say, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, that's our part, then I will hear and heal them, okay? Like it's like, it, like, like these ifs and thens begin to create what is my part, what is God's part? Like another one says, if we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So everybody say if and then. Okay, this whole thing is an if and then thing. He's saying, yo, if you check how you're walking, if you stop getting counsel from wicked and get counsel from me, if, if you actually just stop judging people, like, like, just, if you just stop judging people, if, if you stop doing these things, then I'm going to make you like a tree planted, bearing fruit in every season. Everything you do work. Your leaves never wither. Like, that's the then part. So I'm going to give you three things that go along with that that are if and thens. And the beautiful thing about if you're doing something wrong, all you have to do is repent. Like, this is the beautiful thing about what Jesus did for all of us, y'all, is he created a way that no matter what mess up we make, we can say sorry, and he will put us back in the place that we need to be to grow. And there's a lot of people who are saying, yeah, I've, I've messed up. All you have to do is repent. And guess what repent means? So simple. Turn. Like, so if I was going this way, repent. Father, forgive me for what I've been doing and how I've been using people and how I've been scandalous in these situations. I am now turning. And when you turn, you get to go to another place of being planted. So I just want to help you. This is practical application. If you are following the advice of the wicked, everybody say repent. Yeah, yeah. I want you to repent right now. And I want you to follow the advice of the word. I mean, I want to be so practical for you that you can go home and do this. Open your Bible and see what God's word has to say about it. And when you do that, guess what you get again? Planted. Because there's some people in here right now that have been doing the same thing for a long time. And you go to E! News before you open up the Bible. You go to Instagram feed to figure out what's going on in the world. And God says, if you would seek first the kingdom of God and right standing with me, everything else in your life will be added. So, so, so all I want you to do. Is if you are following the advice of the wicked, and I know ain't nobody going to be like, that's me, pastor, that's me. Nobody's going to do that. But you know, if those coworkers at work are the people you're counseling with, 
They're giving you relationship advice about things that are not rooted and founded in the word of God. Repent, Father, forgive me for listening to voices that are not high as yours. Father, forgive me for listening to counsel who can't teach me how to walk. Father, your word says that you are not a way, but the way, the truth and the life. The only path I can get to the Father is through you. Father, forgive me, and I am coming back. I am turning from that, and I am planting back in the word of God. So, so if that's you, you got an instruction. The second thing, if you're standing in the path of sinners, if you have a pattern of sinning, if you've made that thing by trekking back and forth in the same thing, I want you to repent. Everybody say repent. That all that means is turn. And I want you to stand in the path of the savior. Like, 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 what are you saying? Stand in the path of the savior. I want you to just understand that there can be a new pattern made where you always ask God, direct me. Like, I'm about to go in here and mess up. Direct me. Proverbs 3, 5 says, acknowledge God in all your ways, and he will direct my what? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Remember, we've been in the path of the sinners, but if we just acknowledge him, God, I don't know how to live without having sex outside of marriage. I just acknowledged him. I need your Holy Spirit to empower me. Then he says, oh, you invited me in. I now can direct your. I want you to see that what God is saying to you is if you have just repent, then I can do something different in you. And with the last one, if you are judging, if you're sitting in that seat of the mocker, if you're sitting in the seat, come on, guys, I know it's a daily battle not to judge and be critical of everything that everybody does. And, oh, she didn't lose weight. That's that's Photoshop. And I mean, we just be nasty to people like we, we don't want like everything. We're just so critical. And God's like, I didn't give you that spirit. That didn't come from me. That may be come from who you've been counseling with. It may be come from who you've been walking with. It might come from where you've been standing. But I want you to sit in the seat of being an encourager, not, not somebody who, who is judging. So, so I want you to hear this. If you are judging other people's journey, repent. Everybody say repent. That means turn and join a journey. The, the best way to stop being critical of something is get involved with it. Because you ain't critical of your stuff. Like, girl, I did look good, didn't I? Like, oh, that was me. Because, because somehow when you're in it, you understand the process. When you're in it, you understand the pain. When you're walking with somebody and somebody says, they just a hoe, you'd be like, no, nah, it, it, it's not really that. Like, you don't know that they were abused and you, you don't know what they've been walking through. Like, you don't defend what you don't know. But once you get in the fight with somebody, once you start understanding where people have been and how it's happened for them, when you join a journey, it stops you from judging. So, so, so there's solutions to this. If we would just prepare to plant, if we would say, you know what? I've been walking with some wrong counsel. I've been making a path and some patterns that have me in sin. I've been judging people. If you just admit that and repent, then God can say, thank you. 
Let me take your life. Let me take your life. Let me take your life. And he will plant us in the place that will cultivate our destiny. Yeah, we'll still be under. (laughs) But when we're under, we have a different perspective now. This is not the place of death. This is the place that God is making me. And he wants to develop roots in me. And practically with that last step, join a journey. I want everybody in this place to get into godly community. I want you to join a B group. Why are you saying that, Pastor Mike? Because when you put yourself in a place to join a journey and be joined to others' journey, then it becomes something that we are doing, not something that you are doing. The, the me turns into we. Our selfishness, our pride, all of that stuff goes out the window when I have to be concerned about somebody else. And the beautiful thing about God's words is he tells us where there are two or three gathered together, we get an automatic God show up card and he comes in. And may I say that many of us have been fighting alone because we wouldn't join somebody's journey or allow somebody to join ours. Today at every, um, every exit that you're going to go out of in this place, there'll be people that'll say, hey, do you want to sign up for a belong group? Some of you are already signed up. Some of you aren't. All I'm saying is part of you being planted is joining into a journey. I, I'm, I'm so excited for the next few weeks of this series, but I was going to go somewhere else. But God told me very clearly. He said, please don't set these people up to fail. Please don't have people getting tree tattoos and talking about I'm planted. Please do not. Please don't have people doing this without telling the, the prerequisite to being planted. And today, my hope is that you would wrestle with this until you can say strongly in your heart, God. I'm prepared to be planted. Today, I want to pray for you. Every person in this place, because some of you, God revealed something to you in this message. Some of you have been walking in the council of culture and and, and bad news and family members, and it's affected your walk and you've been getting their counsel. Today, God's changing that up. You're going to make a decision. Others of you in this place, you have made a path or a pattern of sin. And God's saying today, you're going to repent and this is going to change. And there's other people in here that you will sit back. You don't say much, but you're judging and it don't even have to be out loud, but it's been in your heart and in your mind. And God's saying today, instead of judging journeys, you're going to join a journey. I'm telling you today is a day of everybody say maturity. Uh Oh, somebody's going deeper because it's going to take humility roots. It's going to take you being able to be transparent roots. It's going to take you taking a step that maybe a child wouldn't take. But I read my Bible and it says when I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted like a child. I walked like a child. I talked like a child. But at some point, these childish games got old and I put them away and I started doing things in maturity. Today may be the day you put up the Legos, the Legos of lies. Come on. Today may be the day that you stop playing Jenga with your destiny trying to see if it'll stand up, like trying to see, like today we're not playing Monopoly anymore. 
We're not just trying to build fake hotels and, and, and fake, fake houses. We want something that will last forever. And that is only found in the truth of God's word. And so I'm not giving you milk today. I'm giving you meat, but I hope it challenges you to mature. This is your message because I believe God is preparing to plant you all over this place. Come on, if you want to be planted, if you really want to come into this place in preparation, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for every person that's under the sound of my voice who heard you. Father, this wasn't an easy word to deliver or to receive. But God, I thank you that's the truth of your word. And I thank you, Father, that you're preparing me. Father, I stand here not perfect, but I stand here, Father, saying, plant me. Plant me, God. Use me, Father. Go deep in my life. And God, I'm thanking you that for everybody that's watching, they will understand that and they will walk in it, Father. And they will do everything that's necessary, Father, to allow you to do a deep work on the inside of them. God, we repent today. I repent today. I turn, Father, from everything that goes against your word because we want to be verse three believers. We want to be like trees planted by living water that is producing in every season, our leaves never withering, and everything we do, Father, is going to prosper. But that only comes, Father, if we're prepared to be planted. For every person in this room who needs to receive you, God, I thank you, Father, that today they will invite you in and allow you to be Lord of their life. Look at me, everybody, just for one second. If you're in this room and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm trying to tell you it is the greatest decision I ever made because it was a thing that take, took me from being buried and made me be planted. Because at the moment I invited God in, the greater one came to live on the inside of me. And I know what you're saying, Pastor Mike. You don't know what I did. God doesn't care about what you did. Well, Pastor Mike, you don't, you don't know how I'm feeling. God doesn't care how you're feeling. He's saying, let me come in and help you with what you couldn't help yourself with. And I know there's people everywhere that need to experience the love of Jesus. This is why our church exists. So if you're in this room right now and you need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to say this prayer with me. And we're all going to say it together for the benefit of those who are coming to Christ. But if that's you, I want you to say this prayer. Say, God, I need you. Come into my life and transform me. I believe you lived and you died just for me. Come in and transform me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you made that decision, come on, let's give God some praise. We believe in you and we thank God for it in Jesus' name. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our TC app or at transformchurch.us forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and live a transformed life.